Welcome everyone, I'm your host Kylie Render and you're listening to the Farmer Story Podcast. Alrighty, welcome back everyone to the Farmer Story Podcast. I'm your host Kylie Render. This is going to be the first episode of our new Here by the Owl series highlighting ag educators throughout the country and why they're important to the sustainability of the agriculture industry. Today, we have the privilege of interviewing Mr. Tony McCall. He is the Ag Teacher and FFA Advisor at the CareerLine Tech Center in Michigan. Yeah, so we're going to get to know his story today, why he became an Ag Teacher, and why what he does is so important. So thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, this is awesome. So kind of give me a little overview of your school and everything, because yours is not a traditional classroom. I think it's a really interesting model. So kind of giving the overview of what that looks like for your school. Yeah, absolutely. So I teach here in Holland, Michigan. And so it's Ottawa County. And it's hard to believe that I'm in my going into my 14th year teaching here. But what it is, is we've got 17 different high schools, some private, some public that all can come into the program. It's a whole year and they can pick a AM or a PM session and it's two hours and 45 minutes that they get to come and spend the day. And so we have a lot of time to get to know the kids and just a lot of time that we can actually get really hands on. Very blessed to have the resources at my school. We have a classroom, a laboratory area, a couple room greenhouse and a barn. So we have a lot of stuff that the kids get exposure to in agriculture. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know you're able to do a lot of things you're not able to do in traditional Mm -hmm. school because you have that time specifically allotted to being able to do things with, like you said, in the greenhouse barn, all those things. So that's really awesome. So you're also an FFA advisor. So Mm -hmm. kind of talk about what that looks like for you guys, because I know you have a fairly successful chapter throughout the years, but your chapter always changes because kids are only in your program for two years. So if you want to kind of touch on that a little bit. A lot of my students, as they come into my program, might not even know what the word FFA is or what that entails. And I like that because they don't come in with a pre-notion. And Mm -hmm. so we really start off strong. And if you've been around agriculture, you know there's a three-circle model, which is the classroom instruction, FFA, and then SAE, supervised agriculture experience. And I don't give them really a choice. They're involved in FFA. And so Mm -hmm. with that, We start off strong and really get them involved in all the different aspects that FFA have to offer. And I really believe if the kids are successful in the classroom and in FFA, that they will feel empowered to want to do more. And so that's what I really strive. And so once they're successful in the classroom and in FFA and SAEs, they want to go the next step. And so I go fast. I really throw them in. We have a broiler project here in Michigan. And I often tell first-year teachers that we're known to do really well here at the Tech Center, but I know that if my kids do well in the first FFA experience, that they'll want to do more. That's one of the reasons I focus so hard on doing well. It's not always about the blue ribbon, but if a kid walks away going, wow, we know what we're doing, they're going to want to do the next FFA activity. And so by the end of the year, we have been very competitive. But it's that classroom culture of come in, do well, and you will see opportunities open up. Yeah, no, I think that's a great model because you're right. It does motivate students to want to do better when they see that they have the resources and the ability to. So obviously, you're a very experienced teacher. You have 
a lot of things that you are successful with. So you said you've been teaching for 14 years at the tech center. Let's kind of go back to the beginning of your teaching career. Why did you first want to become a teacher? It goes back to my high school days. I was an FFA. I had a great advisor, but he wasn't FFA advisor. Technically, he just stepped in because the one before left. And so he was just an auto teacher that was filling mm-hmm. in. And I was very thankful for him, but I was like, you know, maybe I want to come back and be that teacher at my local high school. And I also grew up on a farm. And so I went to Michigan State and I was like, okay, maybe I'll be a teacher. Maybe I'll go back and work in agriculture. And Mm. so I got a double degree. I got a degree in agriculture and in education. And I was like, if education doesn't work, I can go right into the industry. I didn't want to go back straight to being in the farm. I saw the work and I was like, you know, I necessarily don't want to take over the family business and take over the farm. And so I did my student teaching and I said, okay, I love it. Let's go into education. And I said, as soon as I don't like it, I'll leave, but I'm here 14. So (laughs) must be, I like it. (laughs) Yeah, must be. So you're kind of talked a little bit about that FFA advisor, teacher, and is there anyone else who inspired you to become a teacher? Or you can kind of talk about how, what he did inspired you to become a teacher. The same thing I try to do with my students. He just empowered me to take ownership of the organization and become an officer and become a leader. And so I was our chapter secretary, then our chapter president. And he just said, it's your chapter. And so I really liked that he let me take ownership in it. And then there, um, Melanie Block, a Ravana FBA advisor, the same time when I became a regional officer, she was kind of the mentor advisor. And I did my student teaching there. And it was the same type of thing. Like she really said, Tony, you can do what you want. And she really empowered me to step up and take that leadership role. And so Denny Ackerson and Melanie both really shaped me to become the teacher I am today. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think that our FFA advisors do more for us than even they realize sometimes. So the next kind of part is moving into why you decided to teach ag. And I know part of that is, you know, you have your farm background, you have all these things that lead up to you loving agriculture in the first place. Mm -hmm. But was there a reason that you specifically went into teaching ag? You know, I have a science degree. I could be a high school science teacher like biology and just teach engineering biology and physiology. Mm-hmm. But growing up on a farm, milking cows, taking care of the pigs, I would say it's in my blood. And as I get older, the more I realize how much I love farming. And then I also find out how blessed I was or am that I grew up learning those skills. And so I want to take those skills that I've learned and teach the younger generation, show them the love that I have with animals and how to work with animals. And we have a growing population and we all eat. And so it's important to teach the next generation where food comes from and how to raise it. And so watching my grandpa, watching my dad, watching just my whole family farm, I love that I can take those experiences and knowledge and transfer them to my students. Yeah, no, that's super important area and skill for the next generation to know for sure. So kind of moving further into that about the next generation, do you believe that there's less ag education than there should be in the United States or do you think it should be different or what are your thoughts on that? I've been teaching for 14 years and my perception really hasn't changed since I've started, but I do feel like there's more of a need. So 
there is a statistic that less than, you know, 1% the population or even say under 2% are farmers. And Mm -hmm. so we have less and less kids that are actually connected day in, day out where the food came from. In the day, we had summers off because most of the kids had to go work on their farm. Well, that's not the case anymore. So I truly believe that we should have agriculture education as a core requirement in all high schools. Like we have science, like we have math, have, we have English. They don't need to know every farming practice, but they need to understand what farming is and what are the terminologies for it and what are the careers. And so, you know, if I had my way, I would make it a requirement that every student at least gets some level of exposure to agriculture. And I think that would actually help our entire society because then people would be more informed about where their food comes from. And some of the marketing gimmicks that are happening out there to sell their food, that's not necessarily the truth, I think would go away because more people would be educated and uh, informed. Yeah, no, I think that's completely correct. And you kind of talked about how you would want it to be a core subject. And it's not right now, obviously. And do so do students that come into your classes, do they tend to have a lot of some or little to no knowledge of agriculture before entering your classroom? I get this question a lot. And it's one of those like, you know, I've been teaching here for 14 years and I have 17 different schools. And the beginning of my career, I had less kids with agriculture experience. And I would say that's because my program was new and people didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting more kids with agriculture experience because they see how it can help them take their current knowledge and add on. But mm-hmm. what I would also say is I'm getting maybe more kids with agriculture experience, but it's only a sh- limited amount of experience. So they might have raised a horse once. They might have, you know, raised an animal at their local fair, but they haven't done day in, day out. It's not necessarily the industry. So they might have raised a pig for a summer, but mm. they haven't actually worked in the industry, the greenhouse industry, the horticulture industry, the agronomy industry. So yes, I have more students in my class that have had some exposure to agriculture, but I don't think they have had the what I would say I have the my family business growing up doing it day in, day out. Yeah. And so I think it's still so important that every kid comes in and sees all the aspect of the industry. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's so many sectors of the agriculture industry too, that it can be a lot to cover and kind of on that point, what do you think is the most important topic to be taught within an ag class or the most important view? I think the most important topic is we all eat and we as humans grow our food. If that's plants or animals, there is not one white or wrong way to do things. We can all do it the way that we personally believe, you know, and this can get into the controversial topics of organic and natural or large Mm -hmm. scale, small scale. But I think we can't have that closed mind that you can only farm this way. As our growing population, we need to grow more food. That's just a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And so we need our society and our communities to work together to grow more food. And so I think that's the biggest takeaway that we need to try new things, work together, and it is okay for different farmers to do different practices. And the consumer actually kind of gears the way that the farmer farms by where they spend their money. 
Yeah, I think that's very important. You have a wonderful program, but you can only reach so many students. You know, you're one person, one program. So what do you believe is the best method for getting that kind of ag education to reach the most students in the climate we have now? Obviously, we want it to be a core subject, but besides that, what do you think is the best method for that to reach more people? I really think you look at what you're currently doing and you make the biggest impact that you can. And so empowering and equipping the current students I have to reach more kids or mm-hmm. reaching their parents and their community is the best way I can do it. Just like how we're on here doing this interview, the more that I can equip the kids to be leaders, they will reach out and connect more people. And I do think my class is not just me teaching. It is a definitely a community. So the more that I can engage my students in the community with their parents, the stakeholders, the businesses, and we all work together, that's how we're going to make the biggest impact. I would completely agree. I know that a lot of your students get to, that if they stay in your program, get to have a year where they work in the industry. And I think that's such an important model as well, because they do get those connections with people already established in the industry. Kind of going back to your career as an ag teacher, what are some of the most important lessons that you've learned in your time as an ag teacher? It is okay not to know everything. There's no way that I'm going to know everything for agriculture. Like pigs is definitely a strong suit in my personal knowledge. I grew up with it, but I also have to know that I don't know everything about the pig industry and it's constantly Mm. changing. And so I would say the most important thing is to work with your community, to have them teach you, even your current students teach you their knowledge. And then you all work together to have the best understanding of what's there, what's happening, what the changes are. When I first started, my program doesn't look anything like it does today. And Mm -hmm. that's because over the years, I've mastered each of my skills. If it's in the instruction in the classroom, if it's the project, I'm constantly learning and getting better at everything I do each day. That's an important place to be at for people in general. You know, you don't always have to know everything. <laughs> you had a lot of students. You've been teaching at the tech center for 14 years. What is some of the impact that you have seen specifically your ag education have on students? It could be as simple as they came in not knowing where they were in life, like where they wanted to go, what they wanted to do. And through my program, they found themselves and maybe they're in the agriculture community. Maybe they're not. Then like there's a few students that I have seen that have just excelled. They have came in and now, you know, I have some students that are earning their doctorate and being a veterinarian to students that are, you know, earning their doctorate at a university level to be a professor to Mm -hmm. maybe they just met someone, their significant other in the program. They got married and they're living in this local community and they're teaching their children and the people their daily connections with about agriculture. And so, you know, there is no perfect definition of success. Everyone has their own definition of success. But I've seen so many kids be successful in their own way. And to me, that is what's important is to see them blossom and feel confident of the, in themselves and doing what they love. That's a powerful thing when you start empowering people to be successful. So at the end of the interviews, I usually ask the same three questions. What is your motivation for teaching or your why? Biggest thing is, and as I've taught longer, it's 
got more defined, just the connections with the kids, because they, when they come in the program, they become part of a family. And to watch them flourish over the years just really truly brings the joy that I get to see the, the hard work I put in day in and day out flourish. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I have enough past students, alumni out there that I can turn to for personal and program related opportunities and needs. And so I just have that love of connecting with the students coming in the class. Yeah, no, definitely. And kind of the next question is, what is your vision for the future, not only of your program, but of ag education in general? So here in Ottawa County, I just envision us continuing what we're currently doing, just getting stronger, deeper, creating more opportunities for kids, what that looks like. You know, as you go through, it might change for the needs of the community, but I just look at the Ottawa County getting stronger and mastering how to teach agriculture in Ottawa County. When I look at the state and even nationally, I think agriculture is really at the point where they got to ask themselves, what are the skills we're teaching that actually will be needed to feed our growing population? Mm -hmm. And so, our current teaching practices might have to change so that we are really equipping the kids so they can go out and solve the issues of tomorrow. And so I think in all the meetings I'm sitting in, that's kind of the thing that I question and ask, you know, the way we're teaching, is that actually going to equip the kid for tomorrow? And I think that's the conversation that's happening at a lot of different tables. Yeah, like you said, the next generation is who's going to be the next ones that have to feed the world. So I think it's important to empower them as well. I would completely agree with you. So our last question is, what advice would you give to your younger self starting out teaching or current ag teachers and that are teaching right now? I'm excited that I've been able to serve on our Michigan Agriculture Teacher Association. I'm just stepping off as the past president, and I've been mentoring a lot of incoming teachers or even teachers that may came right from industry. And and the thing that I always tell them is start off with what you can handle and what your strengths are. Don't try to create a model. Like if you come and look at my program, it's a lot and it could be overwhelming, but I did not build that in one day. That's been 14 years. So start off where you're strong and we truly want to support each other. So I often give my curriculum to other teachers to take and use, adapt to make it their own. Let's learn from each other. Even yesterday, I jumped on a Zoom call with a new teacher just to show her how to use our record book system because she's new, she doesn't know how to use it. And so just trying to, same thing I would do with my current students, empower them to be their own leader so they can take their program and make it their own. Yeah, no, I think that, Obviously, you're a seasoned teacher and helping those younger teachers come up is important because they will be the next ones to take over. Well, this has been a wonderful interview. I know that I so enjoyed my time at the Caroline Tech Center and having you as my teacher and my advisor. And I know that your class really helped me to grab hold of my passion for agriculture. And it is definitely one of the steps that led to the Farmer's Story podcast. So definitely thank you for all that you ever did for me and that you continue to do for all of your students. And I hope that we can have you on again in the future. Awesome. I really appreciate it, Kylie. And it's been a pleasure. And I 
hope that whoever listens to this maybe gives them some advice and encouragement. Yes, definitely. All right. We will talk again soon, hopefully. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Farmer's Story podcast. Other episodes can be accessed on all major streaming platforms, or you can check out our website at thefarmersstory.com. If you would like to contact me directly, if you have a question or would like to be on the show, you can email me at kylierender at thefarmersstory.com. All this information will be in the show notes below. Thanks for listening.